Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. In this program, I would like to talk about the subject of sanctification. Sanctification is a big topic. It's a very important topic to a lot of people in the Christian world. This is considered to be a very important word and a very important subject. What it means to most people is that it is a word that describes the amount of sin that is in your life. Sanctification is a word that describes how much a person is sinning in their life. And the intent is, is to say that if you are a Christian, then we are going to expect there to be a reduction of sin in your life. All right. Now, I certainly do agree without question that if a person is a Christian, if they are a born again believer, if they are a child of God, I certainly will agree that we should expect there to be some kind of change that takes place within this person over a period of time and that we should expect there to be some degree of a reduction of sin in their lives. However, I do not agree that this is how we define a Christian or how we define the relationship that a person may have with their God. I don't believe that, that is a correct usage of this. And so while I do agree that a person should anticipate or should expect that there will be some change in who they are through their relationship with their God, I do not believe that this is the purpose for which they are a Christian, and I don't believe that this is a valid measurement in order to define how good of a Christian a person is, or how well they are doing in their faith, or how well they are doing with their relationship that they have with the Lord. I don't believe that it is a valid way to define a person's relationship with their God, to say that the more sin that you have, the less of a relationship you have with your God, and the less sin that you have, the more of a relationship that you have with your God. This is what people do. They will do this. They will state and they will relate to other people in this context by saying, look, your relationship with your God and your quality as a person, as a child of God, is going to be defined by the magnitude of sin in your life, and we are going to call it sanctification. And so the more sanctification you have, the better Christian you are, and the less sanctification you have, the less of a Christian you are. This is what happens, and there really is no way to avoid it unless a person wants to be dishonest or just plain outright deceptive. So when I hear people talk about the subject of sanctification, 
I know that this is what they mean. What they mean is, is that we're going to talk about how well a person is able to overcome the sins in their life. How much are they becoming more and more like the image of God? What is their degree of sanctification? How well are they overcoming the sins of the flesh, the sins of the world, the sins of the devil, just whatever sin, you know, any sin, that's how we're going to define this. Now, what happens then is that a Christian will have to devote their life to reducing the sin in their lives. And this is what happens when the focus gets placed on this definition of sanctification. And I certainly don't agree with this definition of sanctification, but this is the predominant definition that most religious people want to hold to. And that is that a person is going to have a reduction of sin, and so there must be a focus, a person's focus will be concentrated on the sin in their lives. In order to overcome this, you need to identify what these sins are, and that is going to be accomplished by the law. So a person is going to have to become very familiar with the law of God and make sure that it is a proper integral part of their lives and so that they are consumed You know, because the more you are occupied with this, supposedly the better you're going to become, the less sin that you're going to have in your life. And so you need to be consumed with the law of God in order to make sure that you're not sinning. And your life is going to be a life devoted to repentance and obedience to the law of God. There's there's no way to avoid this, not if a person is going to be sincere Not if they are going to be true. But we know, we also know, that the more that a person does this, the more that sin will be stirred up in their lives. Sin will be stirred up by having new things to think about doing that you never thought about doing to begin with. Sin will be stirred up because of the natural rebellion of humanity, where a person will say, you know, don't be telling me what to what to do and what not to do. I'm going to rebel just because... I just kind of have that personality. We got lots of people in the world who are like that. You will increase sin because of the religious pride when a person feels that they found some way to live in obedience to the law of God. You will also increase sin because when a person fails, they will be rejected by God. And because they are rejected by God, they are not accepted by him. They are not loved by him then this person is going to be motivated to go out and find some love and acceptance in the world through indulging their flesh. And so when a person tries under this definition of sanctification, when a person tries to comply with this definition, with this expectation, there is only one way to go, and that is to enter into a life of repentance and obedience to the law, which will by default stir up more sin in their lives, making the issue even more complicated. And in effect, there will be a reduction of sanctification in a Christian if you're going to use that definition. If you use the definition of sanctification is defined by the amount of sin that exists within a Christian that they are dealing with in their life, that they have not been able to overcome, then give them some more law. Give them some more religion. 
Give them a lot of that and that will increase sin. You may decrease one or two, but you will increase five or ten in other ways. That is the design of God. That is how he designed us. That is how he designed the world and the law. He designed everything in such a way that we would not function correctly according to the knowledge of good and evil. According to the knowledge of good and evil, you will not be like your God. But this definition of sanctification leads a person in this direction such that they will They will believe and they will live their lives as if the knowledge of good and evil will help them become more like God, more in the image of God, more Christ-like, more of a good Christian, whatever they want to call it, the end result will still be the same. There will be an increase in sin. You know, there are other issues related to this. For example, I know a lot of people who completely reject the existence of God. Or they accept the possibility that there is a God, but they totally reject the Lord Jesus and the gospel. And you know, of these people who I know, there are some people who are pretty good people. They're nice people. If I was to do an evaluation of their life from what I know of them, and I know them fairly well, If I was to evaluate them and compare them with Christians who I know, compare them with the Christians who I know who have a tremendous amount of sin in their life, I could say that the lost person is definitely much more sanctified than the saved person. Using this definition, that if we use the definition of sanctification being the reduction of sin in a person's life. You know, the more you become sanctified, the less sin that you have. The less sin that you have, the more sanctified you are. Well, I know a lot of lost people that I can compare with people who identify themselves as Christians, and I could say that those lost people are certainly more sanctified than the Christian people are. If we are going to be true, if we're going to be honest, if we're going to use that definition, and the Non-Christian people know this. They know this. They they say this. They they look at a lot of Christian people and they compare themselves with those Christian people because those Christian people are proclaiming that that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to compare ourselves with all of those pagan, wicked, evil, heathen people who do not believe in Jesus. And those people who do not believe in Jesus respond in kind and say, okay, if that's what you want to do, let's have a look. Let's take a good look at you Christians and see just how sanctified you really are. And, of course, they are no more impressive than the non-Christian people if we are to use that kind of comparison and use that kind of evaluation. This is this is a problem. This is an issue. All right. But what I would like to emphasize in this in this program is the importance of recognizing that if we decide, if a person decides that the Christian life is about trying to achieve or obtain or increase sanctification, if there is any of that in their belief system at all, it will lead to an increase in sin 
because it will lead a person to a life under the law. They will have to have the law in their life. Sin will have to be held against them in this context. Sin will have to be an issue. It will have to be a topic, and there must be a resolution, and there is no other resolution besides repentance and obedience, and this will lead to a life of an increase in sin, because that is the effect that the law has in our lives. And it's all over the scriptures. People know this. You don't need me to quote to you the scripture passages relevant to this topic. If you do, then I would say you're probably not the kind of person who's worth having a discussion with about this. That if this is what you want to believe, you go right ahead. You do that. You believe it. And you believe it well. And you be more committed and more sincere than anyone in comparison. And I think you'll come to discover that sure enough, after a period of time, your sanctification is not increasing at all. And if you think it is, then I would just suggest that you need to start asking those people who are around you to see if that is the case or not. And they will probably give you their honest opinion concerning this matter if they're willing to be honest with you. So make sure you find some people who will be honest with you and who are not going to be concerned about you feeling rejected because they are not impressed with your religion at all. All right, now the real issue is is that sanctification has a different definition. This is an invalid definition of sanctification, and I realize that it is the most popular definition of sanctification in the Christian world, and there are a lot of people who believe this, but I'm just going to tell you outright, this is an invalid definition. It is not the proper use of this word at all. Sanctification is about being set apart. It is about being set apart in the sense that a certain thing is set apart for an intended purpose. That's what this word means. And for us to apply it to a person, to a Christian, is to say that we have been set apart for God. We have been made holy for God already. It is an accomplished fact. It is not something that we try to do while we are in the flesh, you know, from the day that we are saved until the day when we physically die or the Lord Jesus returns before that, that sanctification is about living every day trying to become more and more Christ-like or more and more like the image of God. You know, what happens when a Christian has an increase of sin in their lives? What happens then? Do we say that they have less sanctification than they had before? And you might consider that to be an impossibility. And I would say only because it's in your mind, only because it's in this theology that you really want to hold to. But you have, but I, I do believe that you have to allow for the possibility that a person might be in Christ for a long time and then all of a sudden, through various reasons, may experience an increase of sin in their lives. And there are a lot of sins to go around. A lot of sins that a person can be tempted by, can struggle with, can can be dealing with. Does that mean that they are now less sanctified 
than they were before? And people would say, absolutely, yes, that means that your sanctification is is going to decrease instead of increase. You know, what this means is, is that sanctification is unattainable. It is unachievable. It is a total moving target. It's completely open-ended. It is never going to be experienced or achieved. It goes up, it goes down, it's undefined, it's open-ended, and a lot of people want it to be that way so that you will never have a resolution to the issues of being a Christian. You will never have a resolution. And if you never have a resolution, well, then there's only one way to go. You need someone else to depend on because because you have to have something solid in your life. You need to have some kind of foundation to live off of in your life. And I'll tell you exactly what the foundation becomes. It becomes your pastor. You need to have a pastor. You need to have a religious leader in your life who will be your rock, who will be your foundation, who will be your anchor in your life. And you'll have to pay them to do this too. You know, you, you will have to, you will, you will have to pay them. And that's what it's about for most people. It's about this is a way to make money. We're going to make money by making sure that there's this unachievable, unobtainable, moving target, complete open-ended definition that keeps all these people in my control, living in fear, living in concern, living in uncertainty about their sanctification, but don't worry, pay me and I will help you kind of thing. All right? Sanctification is being set apart and you are sanctified. You are set apart when you are saved. When you are saved, you are sanctified. That's when you get sanctified. And sanctification is a permanent thing. It's a permanent issue, a permanent description. It is a permanent reality. You are sanctified, not because of your sin, the absence of it or the presence of it, like so many people want it to mean. They just desperately want it to mean that. It doesn't mean that. You are sanctified because of what Jesus did for you when it came to your sin. That's how you're sanctified. You're sanctified because Jesus died for your sins. It's all over the scriptures. For example, let's try 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 in verse 13. It says, But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God, from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. You have salvation through sanctification. You go through sanctification, you get to salvation. And this doesn't mean that you go through this these steps of eliminating all of the sin out of your life and then you're finally saved. No, through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth by, by what the Spirit did, by what the Spirit of God did, and by the truth of what He accomplished. This has to do with salvation by 
what Jesus did for you through the crucifixion and resurrection and the restoration of the Spirit and the truth of God that has been revealed and is now an integral part of your life because you believe the truth. That is sanctification. Sanctification is when you are saved. Consider the Corinthians. The Corinthians had a lot of sin, didn't they? Why don't you compare yourself with the Corinthians? You are probably not dealing with the kinds of issues that the Corinthians were dealing with if you read through the letter that Paul wrote to them. But consider 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. They were, they are sanctified. They are saints because of what Jesus did for them to those who are sanctified. All right. And you continue to read and you see the kinds of sins that they were struggling with. Paul refers to them as saints. He refers to them as sanctified. So compare them with you. Compare You compare yourself with them and see whether or not you would say that you are not totally sanctified. You want to say that you're not sanctified because of the sins that you deal with? Consider the ones that they were dealing with and they were considered to be sanctified. Moving forward in chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 Verse 30, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. You have righteousness, you have sanctification, you have redemption because you are in Christ Jesus. That's what you have. That is the correct definition of sanctification. Moving forward in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. In verse 9, we have a list of all of the identifications, all of the kinds of people, people who are fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, those who are covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortionists. These were who you once were, but once you are saved, you are now a different person. You may very well struggle with these sins, but you are not those people. You are not that person. In verse 11, it says, And such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God, not by the reduction of sin, but by the Spirit of God dwelling within you, not in your own name through your own accomplishments, but in the name of the Lord Jesus. Consider Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 9, where it says, Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will. O God, he takes away the first that he may establish the second, referring to the new covenant. By that will, 
We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ Jesus once for all. But no, people want to say, no, no, we are sanctified by overcoming the sins of the flesh, overcoming the sins of the world, overcoming the sins of the devil. That's when we are sanctified, not by Christ Jesus Once for all, the forgiveness of sins, the offering of the body. No, no, we don't want to believe that. But that's what it says. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10. Consider Hebrews chapter 13, beginning in verse 11. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Folks, you are sanctified because of what Jesus did for you, not because of what you are going to do in your flesh or what you are not going to do. It is only because of what he has accomplished. You have been sanctified if you are saved. Those who are going to be saved in the future, they will become sanctified as soon as they believe the truth, and as soon as they trust in the gospel. By definition, sanctification is what you have when you believe the gospel. Thank you for listening. This program is titled Sanctification. It's about the definition of sanctification, that people are using a definition that is inconsistent with the new covenant. And they are presenting this topic of sanctification in a way to effectively put people under the Old Covenant. And so this program was about giving a more explicit definition of sanctification and explaining some of the problems that exist with the definition that most people are using in Christianity today. This program is a supplement to the series that I produced on overcoming sin, and I would like to encourage you to listen to those programs because they are relevant to this subject as a whole. And so do listen to the programs on overcoming sin. You can find them in the radio archive at livinggodministries.net. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 383-53, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net that you may